Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, after all these years, there's finally a new version of SpaghettiOs. And personally, I don't think kids are going to like it. It's Frank's Red Hot SpaghettiOs. Usually kids don't like spicy. Hmm. Second, did you hear California Pizza Kitchen has two new frozen pizzas? Only the thin crust (laughs) is croissant dough. One is bacon and caramelized onions. The other is pepperoni with hot honey. And the honey comes on the side so you can control the heat. This is available at my grocer's freezer? Yes, it is. I'm in for both of those. They yeah, sound good. Yeah, it sounds good. really good. And finally, in the world of food, Starbucks summer menu was leaked. Mm. And it includes a new Frappuccino flavor, a new cold brew, and a new Bumblebee cake pop, which actually looks just like a yellow cat with googly eyes. <laughs> Doesn't really look like a bumblebee. Yeah, but you're a fan of googly eyes, right? Yes, I well, I gave them to my niece and now she and her are I got these, a googly eye story for you are actually. Are these googly eyes on the uh, cake pop are they edible? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And any more info on the cold brew or is it is it flavored cold brew or is I it just don't the, have details. Yeah, yeah I noticed okay. a billboard today though for their competitor Duncan. Mm-hmm. Did you notice they have chocolate cold brew, chocolate foam? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that. I haven't tried. I know one. you're a cold brew guy, so I didn't know. I haven't tried one. I'm not a regular D and D guy. My uh, daughter April is though. She and Amber. I didn't know if people called it D and D. My kids, I don't know if everybody does, but my kids do. Oh. I'm just trying to be cool. <laughs> Hashtag cool dad. They're adding an and. Duncan and Donuts. D&D. D&D. Instead of Airbnb, I'm going to D&D. I don't know. And then back to my Airbnb. I don't question these things. I just try to be in their world. Yes, I've listened to the Taylor Swift albums. Yes, I call it whatever so they call it. So it's my sister. Yeah. So she would know what her daughters are listening to. Right. Yeah. It's me. She's, she, right. One of them, she's like... I was so depressed after that. (laughs) True story. Don't you think it would be so cool to find like a family heirloom and be like, it's worth a bazillion dollars. You had no idea. (laughs) A bazillion. Just like that. What is it? Antique road show. Antique road show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wait till you hear what a family found just sitting in the house that changed Mm. their lives. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So can you imagine you've got something in your house and you just think it's like, eh. Like a knockoff. This family had this painting that they thought was fake, 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 fake. (laughs) And they didn't even like it much. So they hung it in this dark TV room behind the door. They just kind of forgot all about it. Well, uh, someone came in to kind of um, look around and they're like, wait, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's just that old painting. Yeah. Well, this was in France. Turns out it was an original and it just went up on the auction block in Paris with a winning bid of $850,000. What? Yes. Holy cow. Because they hated the thing. They thought it was hideous. <laughs> and they thought it was a knockoff, but it was real. They're going to be rich. So here's what I'm wondering. You guys that have pets, a lot of you guys have pets, uh, dogs, cats, whatever, goldfish. What do your uh, what do your animals do to let you know they want something? Are they loud? Do they do they come up and like kind of bump your arm with their paw? How do your furry friends communicate with you? Let's talk about that next. See, you you don't have to have a dog or a cat or goldfish to listen to the Kevin and Taylor show, but it sure helps if you want to participate, right? <laughs> We love pets on this show, especially doggies. And uh, what I'm wondering is, do your dogs have unique and quirky ways of communicating with you? 
Like when they want something I think to every eat dog or does, they right? They want you to scratch behind their ears mm-hmm. or whatever. Do they do they have a unique way to to communicate? Um my wife has taught our dog. She has um if you come in our house, the door to go out into our backyard, we have um they look like Christmas bells. Mm-hmm. hanging from the door handle. She's taught the dogs when they want to go out, they hit that. I think that's the coolest thing. I had a friend who had a dog like that, a little doshin. So she spent a lot of time teaching me how to do that. And it was it's really cool. When you hear that, you're like, oh, they got to go out. There's no, awesome. no question what's going on. Uh, our dog, Charlie, when he wants you to pet him, he will walk up and forcibly he will wedge his nose under your hand and flick your hand up. I mean, like really hard. <laughs> And if you don't, he'll keep doing it. Yeah. Like just jamming his nose under your hand. Boom, boom. And then. Uh, I'm sure you taught him that. He's self taught. You probably do the same thing with Tracy. Right. <laughs> he's self taught with that. And then uh, uh, our dog, Artessa, if she wants you to, to pet her, she will walk up with her paw, kind of wrap her paw around your hand and pull it towards her. Aww. And she'll keep doing it until She's you like, scratch her behind the ears or rubber belly yeah. or. Whatever it is that she's well, when there's uh, five dogs in the family, you got to work hard to get attention. Yep, that's what we have is five. So, what do your your dog, your cat, your goldfish? <laughs> what do they do to let you know? Hey, hungry over here? Maybe your cat, like uh, litter boxes, seen better days, pal. <laughs> Needs to be cleaned. What do they do? Do they get real noisy, or do they have like uh, like our dogs, a little nose flick or a little pull your hand with their paw? How do they let you know something's up? Would love to hear from you. Give us a call. Ruff, ruff. We're talking about weird ways that our animals uh, communicate with us when they when they want something. Another uh, funny thing that our dogs would do with communicating, like when you have that many dogs, the water dish it'll go dry every now and then. Mm. And outside we have one of those massive water things, so it it lasts like you know a couple of days and they're good to go. Um, but inside, sometimes the water dish will run out and it's metal. And our dog Maddie. She was dog number six. We had six dogs at one time. We had to put her down a couple years ago. Still miss her. But anyhow, the way she would let us know the water dish was empty, she would take her paw and knock it over. And it would go no. like, boom, it would make a really, <laughs> and she, yeah, and then she'd like bat it around, making like this wow, loud. Wow, good thing it was empty when she did that. Well, that's the only reason she would do it, because yeah. there wasn't any water. Yeah. <laughs> we had a dog, my very first dog I've ever had in my whole life. My husband surprised me with a little puppy. A little wired-haired fox terrier when I got home from work one day. We had uh, been married a couple years. And she actually cried when she wanted us to go to bed. She would go. (laughs) 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 We're like, are you tired? She's like... She wouldn't just like curl up on the couch next to you or something. It had to be go to bed. She wanted the big bed. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) Pets just make our life one of one of God's greatest inventions. Right? Was was pets absolutely so weird for me and Glenn not having a dog right now. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. This is such an incredible story of a guy being just in the right place at just the right time, and he ended up saving a person's life. Ryan is a school teacher in Hawaii. He was driving home from school when his sons noticed something was wrong with this lady on the side of the road. Turns out a 100-year-old woman was choking. A cough drop had gone down the wrong pipe. I got my arms kind of around her and, and just started kind of giving it to her. Just hope she's okay. It was really cool for my boys to, to see that. It was neat. Proud dad moment. So grateful he's able to save her. And I'm thinking now at this point... She's going to live to 120. If she can survive a, a, a roadside choking on a cough drop, 
Right. What can't she? What can't? What can't survive? she do? Right. Exactly. Does it feel like everyone has started leaving you voice memos? Coming up, why they've become so popular? Does it feel like everyone has started leaving you voice memos? You know, not a voicemail, a voice memo. Uh, my niece Ariel loves leaving those for me. The trick is. You can't let your screen lock come on or you're forced to start all over again from the beginning. So one time my husband kept starting to talk and I'm like, wait, this is the third time I've started this over. And I love hearing her sweet voice and her laugh, but it's just a little bit, um, I don't know, it's just a little cumbersome. Hopefully they can, they can improve it. But these voice memos have become so popular. 62% of Americans say they've sent a voice memo. Around 30% hmm. communicate this way weekly, daily, or multiple times a day. Voice memos are popular because they allow people to share the richness that comes with voice communication, like tone and mood and humor without the pressure of inconveniencing someone with a phone call. But so many people like me would way rather be voice to voice with someone on a phone than listen to one side of a conversation for three minutes. <laughs> I, my, I have two friends and I've said this before, I love them so much that the only way I can stay in touch with them is Marco Polo, which is, is just like a voice memo, but it's video. So they mm. sit there and talk to me for like 10 minutes. And then I joke that it we're never going to get Alzheimer's because then I have to remember everything they said to respond. And if you don't mm. respond for a week later, my friend uh, Jamie left me a, a Marco yesterday and she's like, Wait, what did we what did we talk about a week ago? Here's mm. the curious thing about all of that, like leaving a the Marco Polo thing. How did we all get so used to being on camera? It's like we don't even think about oh, it. Oh, that's it's why like I people, don't Marco like, them back. Hey, how are you? Hi. Or, I know. That's why I don't mark them back because I don't I watch, like being uh, on camera. Influencers on like, I don't know, TikTok or social media or something. They all start the same way. Hey guys. But back to the voice memo thing. Do your kids leave you voice memos? Have no. they caught on to that? No. They still text only? Text, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not, not into the voice memo mm-hmm. thing. Kids say the darnest things, right? Every parent, aunt, uncle knows that. But it's even funnier when it happens in public. <laughs> We're going to talk about that next. I love the whole concept that kids say the darndest things. I mean, there's so many great stories and laughter that they give us. But it's even funnier when it happens in public. And a friend of mine... Uh, took her two grandkids to church with her. They had spent the night, and they are eight and five, two little boys. And so she did the the typical mom or grandma thing where you separate the kids okay. in hopes that they'll <laughs> behave better. And she goes to a church with what you call, Kev, bells and smells. And so they were doing the incense, mm-hmm. and it was going, and... Um, by the way, the kids call her Mimi, but their other grandma has a different name. And the five-year-old looks, leans way over grandma and leans over to his brother and he goes, it smells like Nana in here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story so much. <laughs> So cute. Is Nana like a hippie that burns incense at I home all the time? I don't think so. And she doesn't even really wear very strong perfume. But somehow the incense at church made him think of Nana. <laughs> that is awesome. Kids do. You're right. Say the darndest things. So we're talking about kids uh, saying the darndest things in church. And uh, one of my daughters one time, um, they were in Sunday school. And we came to uh, pick them up after Sunday school. And every parent wants to hear like, oh, you're a child. 
Your child was the best. Mm -hmm. Your child is an angel. Your child seems to grasp deep theological things way beyond their age, right? So we go to pick up our daughter, and uh, yeah, the lady wasn't, she was none too happy. And we were like, "What? what's going on? And she said, well, we were drawing a, uh, a mural, and every kid got to add a little piece, and it was it was about peace. It was about bringing peace and being peaceful with people you know, in your life and around you. And your daughter, her contribution was someone beating someone up. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a weird position because she had gone. She was like out on the playground and we were just going to scoop her up and put her in the car and go home. So and the the Sunday school teacher is, let me just say somewhat judgmentally passing this information on to us. So we get in the car and I said, honey, why? Why uh, in the peace thing did you? Draw the picture of somebody beating someone up. And she said, well, you know how you told me sometimes to be funny? You say the opposite of what's true. And that's really funny. So I was trying to be funny like you, Dad. Oh, so it was all your fault. That's hilarious. Great. Okay. Let's make Sunday school a try to be funny free zone. <laughs> how about how about we do that? Can we? Can you do that for Dad? That That'll be fun for Dad and Mom, okay? Were you hoping and praying that someone in your life who doesn't have faith, who doesn't know Jesus, would go to church with you Easter Sunday Mm. and it just didn't happen as hard as you prayed? Well, the good news is they may see one of those awesome He Gets Us commercials. Yeah, the He Gets Us campaign is unprecedented. Millions of Americans are discovering the life-changing impact of Jesus through the commercial messages. Yeah, and it doesn't just stop there with seeing the commercials. Do you know that you can join the fans community? All you do, I did it the other day, is you text the word FANS to 70193. And when you do that, you'll get access to reading plans, prayer guides, and other tools to help you on your spiritual journey. You'll even get updates on when a new ad is coming out, events, and other exciting news related to the He Gets Us movement. See, we knew you'd want to join. All you have to do is text the word FANS F-A-N-S to the number 70193. That's FANS to 70193. Coming up, do you have any family traditions when it comes to family vacations? Hey, do you have any family traditions when it comes to travel? Maybe you go and rent the same cabin in the mountains or every, every summer, or stay at grandma's condo at the beach. You are not alone. Nearly half of parents take their kids on the same exact vacation every year. And you want to guess the number one reason why, Kev? Mm, the, the kids like familiarity. Uh, they uh, get a guess. little vacation routine. Mom and dad don't know where else to go. <laughs> <laughs> More than a third confess to being stuck in the comfort zone, worried they might not like a getaway if they go somewhere else. However, uh, about half of kids whose parents book the same trip every year admit they're, they're Keen for a change. Be hmm. nice to do something different for a huh. change. We should talk about that. Family vacations. Like, where do you guys go? And are you happily stuck in a rut? I know my wife and I were. I'll tell you where we took our kids year after year after year that we absolutely loved until they hit their tween years. And then <laughs> they would, they'd rather not go anywhere with mom or dad. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're talking about family vacations. The old family getaway. You pack up the SUV and you... You head out for adventure. Where is your go-to place? We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about family vacations. Where do you and your family go? What is your go-to place? Uh, we were stuck in a rut with our kids, but we loved it. We used to go to the beach every year. We would rent a big old beach house in a, a town, and it was like walking into a Jimmy Buffett song. 
that town is. I mean, it's just such a cool little place. And we'd rent a big old beach house that had kind of quirky things wrong with it and mismatched uh, utensils and stuff. And, <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, we used to have a blast doing that. We'd rent the house because we could take our dogs with us, too. So, I mean, That's it was cool. like the whole I remember family. your wife used to cook for you guys a lot, too. Yeah, we'd get in a routine, like a beach routine, where she'd make uh, every every morning she'd get up before any. Well, I'd get up before anyone else and go exercise or either run on the beach or a bike ride or something. And she'd make sandwiches for everybody from the beach. She'd pack the cooler. Everybody come downstairs. Oh, when did you get up, Mom? She's like three hours ago. Wow. <laughs> what do you want for breakfast? We want to go to the beach. Um, we used to break from that every now and then. We'd rent a cabin in the mountains, but we usually did that like in the winter time. If we had, you know, like, when the kids were on break or whatever, mm-hmm. if we we had it in the budget, we'd go and rent a cabin in the mountains too. But that's that was always always our thing. We were never like the Disney people or something like that. We'd yeah, go and make our own fun, and that lasted until the girls hit middle school and then they'd rather do anything but be stuck at a beach house with mom and dad want to be with their friends want to have a summer job i I can remember the summer it happened my wife and i were like well we are not spending this money again so Mm. everyone can be miserable it's heartbreaking and i don't think we ever went on a family beach vacation again i mean we've gone on vacations together uh since then but never never another beach vacation my wife and i have gone to the beach plenty of times but uh but not them. So wh- what about you guys? What was your go-to place or what is your go-to place uh, to get away with the fam? Hey, Tony, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you can relate to moms and dads, like 60% of them get stuck in a rut when it comes to vacation location. Absolutely can. Especially to Kevin when he said that um, uh, when they get to the middle school, high school age, and they don't want to go with the family anymore. Uh, but that all changes whenever you get your grandkids. Everybody wants to go back to the mountains to go skiing, and everybody wants to go to the beach to go enjoy that sunshine and surf. Ah, so maybe you should contact that beach house again, Kev. Maybe you'll be back. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, just go next week. We'll be down at the beach next week with the uh, grandsons and just got back from a winter trip with the granddaughters. Wow. Aw, what a great grandpa you are, Tony. Yeah, no kidding. It's awesome, awesome. All right, thanks for calling. We'll talk to you later. So what about you when you were a kid, Taylor? Did you guys have a vacation rut that you were stuck in? Yeah, we had various ruts, and they were all related to visiting Grandma and Grandpa mm-hmm. because it was free. <laughs> <laughs> so we needed to see them, but it was also a free place to stay. So it started with my mom's adoptive parents. They had this uh, lake house, mm. and before you think it sounds fancy-schmancy, uh, it was really rugged. In fact, we had to go outside and use an outhouse at night to go to the bathroom. <laughs> they filmed horror movies there. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it, but it was so neat. My dad would sail these little tiny um, sunfish sailboats, and he would tow a canoe behind. I have great memories from Lake Gerard. Mm, and then um, we would go visit my grandparents in Ohio where they lived, and then we'd go visit them where they would stay part of the year in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's what mm. led to us moving to Jupiter. And then when my mom's birth mom found her, we would drive all the way to New Hampshire to see her at her cabin. Would you eat at a restaurant that won't let you choose, use your phone, you can't bring it inside? Absolutely. Totally. I'm down. Where is yeah, it? Yeah, you always leave your phone in the car, <laughs> you say, when you're out with Tracy. Kind of funny because with so many restaurants nowadays... You can't see the menu without scanning the QR code QR code and looking it's at the true. menu on your phone. That is true. One mm. restaurant a friend of mine likes, you actually have to order your meal on your phone. Uh, the owner of this ramen noodle restaurant said he's banning customers from using their phones 
in order to spend up, speed up seating times and preserve the integrity of the dish. <laughs> it has nothing to do with him wanting you to socialize. Uh, people were waiting too long to start eating because they were watching YouTube videos. Well, if no the kidding. noodles sit in the broth too long, it ruins the taste, apparently. Um, I've eaten at one of those noodle places at a faux place. I don't know if that's, or pho, sorry, it's called pho. Um, I don't know if that's the same as a ramen noodle place, but I have to wait a long time to start eating because I burn your tongue off. Mm, it's so hot. It's yeah. so hot. I can so. remember before everyone had a screen in their pocket, you know, before iPhones came out, uh, Tracy and I, we would, we would avoid restaurants that had TVs hanging everywhere. Because whether you wanted to watch it or not, you know, something would happen and your eye would just gravitate to it. And before you know it, you're watching TV, you're paying for the, you know, for this meal and you're sitting there watching TV. And then Kevin's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, you could do that at home, (laughs) right? I mean, what, what, what was the point? But now everyone has it in their hands. And and I wish I could say that I still leave it in the car, but I don't because of two things. I like to take, I'm that guy that I like to take pictures of the food. If it's something spectacular, (laughs) I like to end, end the menu thing. But after I put it in my pocket, I only have it for that. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. It's, and I, and I would encourage you guys to adopt that habit because if you want to kill the conversation, have everybody stare at their phones while you're out to eat, right? Hey, have you ever rescued a dog and you knew nothing about their past life? Coming up, check out what happened to this dog owner. Hey, have you ever rescued a dog and you knew nothing about their past life? Uh, this is pretty cool. Um, our dog, Alex the Wonder Mutt, was so spoiled and proper. We used to joke, rumor is she lived on the streets because she sure <laughs> acted like she was pampered her whole life. Hmm. Well, check out what happened to this guy. Jay and Megan bought their new dog, Patty, in Ireland. Okay. And they took him home to England. Patty had spent the first few months of his life in Ireland living with Megan's mom and dad. And now the only way that Patty will listen to them and pay attention okay. is if they use an Irish accent. <laughs> Good boy. Who's a good boy? I'm a good boy. <laughs> Shut down. Good boy. Shut down. Shut down. He can't go sit or whatever you would say in a British accent. He can't yeah. say sit. Sit down. Okay, that that reminds down. me of um my mom when I was a, when I was a kid, my mom volunteered at a nursing home that was run by some Polish nuns. And they were from Poland and they had a dog. That they spoke to only in Polish. So if you oh, told him cool. like sit or fetch or whatever they taught him, yeah. he would he'd look only at you like Polish. what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember what the words were in Polish now. But yeah, he, he only so knew funny. uh Polish commands, didn't know anything else. I guess a whistle is international though. Yeah, right? there you go. <laughs> So I think we all probably know someone that goes to extraordinary lengths to share their passion of something with kids or with other people. Wait till you hear what this one man does because he wants kids where he lives to have access to books and they just don't have them. This is going to make your day. Hey, you know what? You watch the news and it seems like the world is going crazy, right? So we want to try to be a place that uh, gives you the exact opposite. We can give you some hope, give you something to feel good about. And this story, I think, is going to make you feel great. There's a guy who for uh, 90, uh, over 30 years has been going by Camelback to take books to kids in the out, like, out, outer regions of Mongolia. Wow. Uh, he loves reading, he loves literature, and he wants the kids in Mongolia to experience being able to have access to books. So... Uh, the man's name is, and I hope I don't get it wrong, Dashton Dog Jamba. Um, he translates, publishes, 
and then transports books to kids way, way out in the sticks in Mongolia. I mean, these are kids that otherwise would never never get a chance to open a book. What a fulfilling life he's and he leading. takes them by camelback. <laughs> he estimates he's he's gone over 50,000 miles with wow. these books, like traveling and kids. And before you feel too great for him, imagine the camel. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of work. It is, but I mean, you think of... Like a life well lived, right? It's a guy a guy who loves reading is born in a country where they don't have much. And he's like, well, what could, what could I do? Well, yeah. I got a camel. Uh, I could probably self-publish some of these books. No, let's walk around giving kids books. That's awesome. And he says he gets to like a town or a village or something and he stays for a couple of days because word has to spread. They don't have... The books are here. They don't have iPhones, right? Mm-hmm. They, you can't just text someone, hey, the books are here. You got to, like, I guess, hike a few miles yeah. to let them know. Oh, well, hang on. We're not done shearing the sheep. I don't know what they do in Mongolia. We got to finish that, and then we'll come. So he waits a couple of days, and then he leaves a few books behind for kids that couldn't have made it. That's awesome. And he loves it when you wish him a happy hump day. <laughs> right. Anyhow, I just, I love that story so much, especially in this world where everybody seems to be just, like, sniping at each other. I mean, I'm avoiding social media today because I just don't even feel like dealing with it. But there's a great story you can share with people of a guy who's like, you know, what can I do in my corner of the world to make a difference in literally thousands of kids' lives? Well done. Well, I love to have that story you shared about the guy that um, in, uh, is it? The book guy in Mongolia. Mo- Mongolia. Yeah, I almost said Mozambique. Books out in of uh, Camelback for yeah. kids. Uh, so they, have a, they don't have access to a library, so he brings it to them. Love the passion. And I love when you tell a story on the air and I get my Google tips out and it leads to me learning even more stuff. Do you know there's a children's book called My Librarian is a Camel? No. And it talks about how books are brought to children all around the world, whether it's in Canada and it's an Eskimo and they get their books via a sled dog. Huh. Or oh, there's a guy awesome. in England that brings books to children via a wheelbarrow on the beach. Um, there's mobile, um, you know, like in Australia, like, you know, kind of buses that bring books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's areas of the, of the world where they're delivered, books are delivered on elephants or on boats. And the person who put the book together, I love the intro. He says, developing this book has been as rewarding and as exciting as can be. From Azerbaijan to Zimbabwe, I discovered people who are passionate about books and who understand the importance of libraries in our lives. One librarian in Azerbaijan explained that the library is as important as air or water. Mm, And it's, it's just such a great reminder of how often we take books for granted. Oh, yeah. My wife would tell you I never do that. It's a nice compliment. Well, well, she doesn't mean it's a compliment because every time I get a book, she's like, okay, one comes in, one has to go out. <laughs> we have too, too many. And that, boy, what a high-class problem we get to have here in the States, huh? 